Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. If you're always searching for your next great adventure or seeking answers to complex questions, if you think of yourself as someone who takes charge, is there for others, breaks down barriers, or sees the world for what it can be, then you're just what we're looking for. CIA is searching for women of all skill sets with these traits and others to join the Directorate of Operations and help protect our nation. Visit cia.gov careers. See yourself here. a Celtic state of mind. We are collaborating on Match Day with Celtic Down Under. I'm Paul John Dykes. Over in Japan, we have Liam Carrigan. Welcome to the show, Liam. How are you doing over there? Uh, very good, thanks. It's uh, good to be here once again. Um, yeah, uh, looking forward to hopefully a very uh, a very good uh, performance today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I find it absolutely astonishing that... Uh, over the, the piece, over the five years, we have gone from the Kitchen Table podcast, and here I am sitting in the same kitchen, although it's a different table, and I'm doing it all over again because I can't get out of Fife at the weekend due to traffic <laughs> disruption. So here we go. Um, last week, 
we are, I'm in the car fretting and contacting Laura. I'm stuck in chatting. Laura, thankfully, saved my mm-hmm. bacon. Um, this time round, as I say, it's a slightly different environment, but hopefully you will get the same chat from Axom and Celtic Down Under. There's been quite a lot of conversations through the week. We will revisit some of them, Liam, but let's start off with the team. Um, mm. we'll, we'll work through it bit by bit, blow by blow, but what's your, your first impression of that starting eleven? Well, um, I like the fact that the the back four is exactly as I called it on on yesterday's bulletin. As I uh, I said that Bernabe should be given a run out um, because he is looking good. He's getting better with every game, and uh, also I thought that Ralston might be a good idea just to kind of uh, sort out any any Hearts players that decide to get a wee bit naughty. I like that the bricky. Get the bricky in. Um, well. <laughs> We'll start off with that then, right? Because obviously uh, during the week, since the last game, the, the focus, you may get one day afterwards to look back on the previous game, Liam. Then the focus goes mm. right on to the next fixture. Um, I know it's a big football cliche one game at a time, but you do, you focus on the next game. And mm. obviously you listen to all the pre-match and all this kind of stuff. And um, there was a, a clip of a, a Hearts player going on about their approach to playing Celtic. So I think mm. with that in mind, and we'll get to Yakimakis up top as well, you know, the, the likes of Moy, Ralston, Yakimakis, that's the type of player you want in a game like that if they are basically rolling up their sleeves and going toe to toe with us. Aye. Um, you know, if if the this Hearts player in question wants a battle, I say bring it on because we will we will destroy them if they take that attitude. Um if they're not, you know, Hearts are the sort of team that Celtic could easily take apart and score, you know, several goals against if they mm-hmm. try to get too fly with us. Yeah, you know this, right? Uh, last week I was probably sorry midweek. I was probably coming across as a bit uh, gallus at best, <laughs> um, mm. because what I was saying is, you know, we, we've we've um, we've got back into the groove. We're free scoring again. We're playing a lot of good football. We're, we're more clinical because that word kept getting used. We weren't clinical enough. And very, mm. very rarely do you ever predict a high-scoring game. You might you might feel really confident and say, I think we're going to win 3-0 or 3-1. So I just chunked mm. it out there, Liam. I just said, you know, we're going to, <laughs> we're going to batter them 7-1. Uh, <laughs> we didn't, of course. <laughs> we didn't. It was 4-0. Um, but, you know, yeah. these high-scoring encounters, I do think back to a game, believe it or not, um, whereby the the great Frank McGarvey was at a game with myself. Yes, I'm named Rottenham. He's a legend, absolutely. <laughs> and we were playing St Mirren, right? And um, I'm, not, I'm not making this up. You know, God is my witness. Frank McGarvey predicted 7-1, and that, that's mm. exactly what it was. I think it was 7-1. It was that game that Lee Griffiths, remember, he scores a hat-trick, and then we break oh, up for covid I think it was 7-1. Correct me if I'm wrong in the comments. Someone out there will be able to check that. And Frank mm. got it spot on. Um, I'm not quite <laughs> as confident today, but what I do want is I want plenty of goals. I want us, because if you look at every single game we've played this season, Liam, there's one thing's for sure. We've always created chances. It's just the case now of converting them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think um, we will get chances today for sure. And uh, hopefully we'll take a few of them. But like you say, Tynecastle is not the easiest place to go. Um, I've uh, I'd, I'd be quite happy with something in the range of two or three nothing. But I think mm. if we uh, if we get a couple of early goals like we did against Hibs, 
um, then the floodgates could open. Yeah, ah, without a doubt. And um, we'll run through both teams then, Liam, and, and we'll have a look uh, mm. a wee bit more closely at some of the selections that we've got. Joe Hart and goals. Uh, Joe Hart, you went through a kind of a, a ropey period, let's just say, Liam, and some were vouching for him to, to drop out and uh, for Seagrass to come in for a run in games. That didn't happen. We know that Seagrass has played in two League Cup games. Um, I think that situation's been managed particularly well. What's your thoughts on that with Joe Hart and his performances? To be honest, I, I not not a lot of um, not a lot of Celtic supporters that I've spoken to have said anything about you know yeah Joe Hart made that made a blunder in the European game right it was a blunder right it happens mm-hmm. um, but I can't remember who it was but whoever played the ball back to him in the first place was equally culpable you know um, but. Uh, the goalkeeper is always the one that gets that gets the blame when something like that happens, um, and I think, particularly in the in the Scottish media, there was an attempt to kind of construct this narrative about oh, is Joe Hart still good enough, whatever, mm-hmm. and it's because Rangers axed their goalkeeper after one bad game, basically, and the implication was that Celtic should do the same. Difference is we did not get we did not get scalped four 0 by our biggest rival. <laughs> so um, I think um, you know losing in Europe to a very good uh, a very good Bundesliga team is a bit different from getting getting gubbed four 0 in the Scottish League. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that one mistake aside, I think Joe Hart has been a solid performer. You know people said he was a wee bit a wee bit slow against St Mirren, but so were the so were the rest of the team as well. You know. Um, I, yeah, I don't like it when when the team has a bad performance. I don't like it when we single out individuals because I think no, no, you play as a team, you win as a team, you lose as a team. So if the team gets beat, maybe I've just been in Japan too long, but it's a collective thing over here. It's like the uh, the team prospers and the team endures together. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, without a doubt. And you know the thing mm-hmm. with Joe. Joe Hart as well. You look at the performances, Liam, but you also look at the influence that he has. And I think what is, was really important and something that we have mentioned quite a few times on the bulletins and on the match days is particularly in Europe. Now, I know that's where the big mistake happened, right? But, mm. um, you know, the, the starting lineup in our last game there, only Joe Hart had Champions League experience prior to this season. And I think that's huge. You know, you're going into the unknown. The gaffer as well. He's never, you know, in a in a group mate match in the Champions League. Never managed in that in that tournament. So I think that to have Joe Hart in there was absolutely pivotal. And he's, you know, he's old enough and experienced enough with him to play through a, a couple of bad games and come through the other end. And I'm, and I'm hoping today uh, we're not really looking at that um, position in the park at the end of the game in relation to the performance. Because you know I've heard this uh, argument time and time again. Yeah, Craig Gordon's doing brilliantly for. For hearts, right? But you know, at that by the same by the same token, I don't regret moving him on when we did because when you look at his lack of game time leading up to mm-hmm. his removal from Celtic, but yeah, it turned out to be bad timing because uh, we thought we had a deal with Foster, we didn't, and we ended up going out and buying uh, Barkas for big money. But I, I stand by the decision itself. I think it was the right time for Craig Gordon to move on. Aye, and you've got to remember that Barkas came to Celtic with a very good track record. I mean, the Greek yeah, league yeah. is definitely of a, you know, it's not an elite league, but I think it's a higher standard than Scotland for sure. And he had 
consistently performed well in that league for a, a number of years before we signed him. So, yeah, I, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out for a player, but I don't necessarily think it was Barkas's fault. I think Celtic and him were just not a good fit. They weren't a good fit. Um, and again, I'll probably bring a Yeti in, in season one into this this point. Uh, the circumstances yeah. around it, Liam, you know, bringing a player in from elsewhere, they're, they're not uh, living in a permanent address, they're living in hotels, they can't integrate with the team off the park. So straight off the bat, the relationships, the team morale, the bonding, all the stuff that happens um, that we don't see, but obviously, mm-hmm. you know, feeds into the player's psyche for for uh, match day. All of that was kind of missing during that particular season. We'll never know under normal circumstances how those two guys would have done. And, you know, that's yeah. pretty sad. They go out on loan, you wish them all the best. Uh, and the frustrating thing is, I fully believe they'll go somewhere else and have very successful careers. Because um, yeah. I think they're both, they're both capable, you know. It wouldn't surprise me if Barkas ends up um, playing his way back into the international team. Uh, Ayeti has already shown that, that he can score goals. He's doing that at a different level and at a different club. Um, and, you know, I'm getting a few messages coming in saying that uh, these early kickoff times are great for our Australian fans. Welcome, everybody, if you're tuning in from Australia. Liam, of course, is tuning in from Japan, although he is part of the Australian podcast and broadcast Celtic Down Under. Uh, always an array of football jerseys hanging up in your, your wee den there, <laughs> your wee recording den. I know right. you're a big football fan, aficionado. There's been a couple of releases this week that have been very interesting, Liam. Mm. I got the, um, yeah, so I've got the new Japan home shirt behind me and I've got the Celtic third kit. The mm-hmm. the cursed grey third kit, which I ordered before <laughs> the St Mirren game, so don't blame me. <laughs> I, I know you're a big fan of the jerseys, and um, it's, mm. it's astonishing, isn't it, how a particular jersey can hold such fond or otherwise memories. And um, obviously, uh, the one again for me, I remember the League Cup final against uh, Kelly as well. And a jersey mm. that up to that moment I really, really loved is just etched in my memory for that particular poor result but that's the way it goes in football and hopefully we can wear that that grey jersey again and and, um, you know wash away the memories of Paisley Uh, we'll run through the rest of the Celtic lineup. in defence you were happy with the defence the way we're lining up with Ralston at right back Bernabe at left back and the central defensive partnership of Carter Vickers and Jens Um, I've I've liked what I've seen so far of Bernabe I think he was called a slow burner uh, when Andrew was talking about him and Haksabanovic um, about a week ago, Liam, how impressed he had been, particularly with his attacking play. I uh, yeah, I really think that he um, it, it it's good to have the options depending on who you're playing against because I think at the moment, with his experience and his defensive qualities, Taylor is better suited to Champions League games, whereas Bernabe is good for games like today where you want to go out and really aggressively attack the opposition and score a few goals, mm-hmm. um, and. Yeah, it, it reminds me, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying he's as good as him, but it reminds me a bit more of Kieran Tierney in that sense. Um, you know, Tierney loved to play the kind of overlapping fullback role. And yeah. it's something yeah. that we tried to kind of replace him with Bolingoli, but Bolingoli did not have the defensive attributes needed for that. Um, and But Bernabe shows the potential that he could be that kind of player for us in the in the years ahead. What did you make of Kieran Tierney's interview? It's always great, you know, to to hear from people like Kieran Tierney. I mean, some of the 
the shows out there. It'd be fantastic if Axon could secure an interview with someone like Kieran Tierney. But obviously, BT Sport have got better contacts than us. And I love hearing um, players like Tierney. And he was talking so, so fondly. I mean, that was never in doubt. Um, yeah. And he was mentioning about at some point coming back. Well, if he's going to come back, he's going to have to displace Andy Robertson from the left-back position at that stage, as you know, because he wants to come back <laughs> as well. <laughs> it's just typical Scotland, isn't it? We finally produce two world-class players and they play the same position. <laughs> I know, I know. And you've got poor Greg Greg Taylor, whose performances have been outstanding. And I think, um, you know, in any other era, he'd have been a first, a first pick. But uh, we're very, very strong uh, internationally, very strong. I found it interesting. I'm talking here now about uh, Jens and Carter Vickers. Not to forget Ralston. Yeah, totally agree with you. Bring Ralston in for games like this. Um, He's made for games like this. But um, Jens and Carter Vickers have built something of an impressive partnership at the back. Um, I'm not obviously writing off Carl Starfelt. When he comes back, then that's a brilliant headache to have in terms of selection. But one thing that was annoying me, was um, the almost the pedestrian nature of, of the passing from the two centre-halves when it was Jens and, and Welsh. And there was very very rarely a pass made to a, a winger. Um, but that was all blown out the water against Tibbs, wasn't it? Because Jens and Katla Vickers kept finding Haksabanovic. I'm just looking here. Um, I'm not sure what this particular graph is called, Liam. Um, mm-hmm. One of the statos might be able to tell me, but there is a graph and it shows you the frequency by which a player passes to another player on the park. So it's quite easy to look at and say, right, we're not utilising the ringers from the centre-half positions. Against Hibs, that was completely different. And it carved them open, put them on the back foot, created chances. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll be interested to see today, actually, looking at that, I'll be interested to see how uh, Maeda links up with uh, with uh, Burnaby, considering that him and Haksabanovic really, really played well together particularly in the first half uh, last week. Mm. Yeah. And, and the thing you've mentioned there about uh, Tierney bombing, bombing down the left, people often speak about Greg Taylor and um, a lack of distribution, etc. But Taylor's had some you know, incredible stats when it comes to assists. He has, last season mm. and this season, a very good record indeed. Um, I'm going to move now into the, the midfield positions where we have... Uh, Aaron Moy, Matt O'Reilly and Rio Atati. Um Again, I'm going to ask you the question around Moy. Uh, you mm-hmm. obviously are part of the Celtic Down Under team. Moy's arrival at Celtic was uh, met with a lukewarm response. Which mm-hmm. camp were you in when we signed him? I know Jared wasn't a massive fan. What, which camp were you in then? I thought it was a good addition to the squad. I wasn't sure how much of a first-team fixture he would be um, because I saw him as very similar to Callum McGregor. Um, mm. But uh, I think McGregor's a better player overall. I don't think that's really up for debate. But um, they're different types of players, though, in in the way they, they the role they play. But um, I, uh, I thought, yeah, good addition to the squad, a good experienced player because our profile... Of player at the moment kind of skews towards the under 25s um, yeah. and you need a couple of old heads in there to I mean we've got Joe Hart obviously but you know in front of him he's got Ralston who's what 23 mm. Carter Vickers is I think 23 24 Jens is about the same Bernabe is what 21 you know that's a very young defense 
Um, so having an experienced head in the midfield is definitely a good thing. And, you know, I, I talked about this with, with Kevin on the show last night. Um, I, I really don't get this thing that people say, oh, he's got no pace, he's got no pace. Um, so what? Some of the best players in world football history couldn't run. Right. I mean, they didn't have to because they had the football brain and they had the passing yeah. ability, they had the distribution and they had the vision. Mm-hmm. So I think Moy's lack of pace, yeah, he is a bit slower than, than the likes of Hatati, obviously, right? But his passing makes up for it, in my opinion. And I think he, he plays a very good role. Um, but the real standout for me has been the way Matt O'Reilly has stepped in to the more kind of defensive duties since oh, yeah. Callum McGregor's been out of the team. That has that that completely stunned me. I did not see that coming at all. I didn't think he had that in his game, but he does. <laughs> he does. And yeah, we had the the chat on Monday, um, Colin and I, because I, I've been completely astonished like yourself, really. Um should I have been astonished? He's a great footballer. He's played there previously. I, you know, I just didn't expect him to to adapt in, in the way that he has done. Uh, the defensive qualities that he has shown me, um, uh, you know, have been superb, and it really just shows you the the, uh, the real quality and adaptability in Matt O'Reilly, a player who I think that um, I've got to admit, when we signed him, I didn't know a great deal about him. Um, it doesn't. I, I'm pretty sure Ange doesn't uh, gauge who to buy regarding what I know about him, but I didn't know a great deal about Matt O'Reilly, and he's 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 really for me, he's been a sensational signing. Um, the mm. price that we paid for him is just laughable. Um, you know, I think Lawrence said pound for pound. It's difficult to figure out who your best signing has been when you look at Hitati, O'Reilly, um, Joe Hart, some of the signings, incredible. Um, and, a, and a wee word on Riho Hitati as well, because again, I thought he came out the traps absolutely in blistering form at the beginning of the season. There was a wee dip, but I think he's regained it. How impressed were you with, with his goal the other night as well, Liam? That well, I think my my dad summed it up well when we were talking about it yesterday. He said, um, he said that's the sort of thing you do when you're like fourteen years old in the playground and you're showing off to your pals. It's not, it's not the sort of thing you're supposed to do in the middle of a professional football match, you know. But, but it was just the the sheer quick thinking, the 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 intelligence, the arrogance of it was just beautiful. It really was. It was. It was. I audacious. Uh, Butter, mm. welcome to the show you're watching on YouTube. If anyone hasn't already subscribed to the channel, please do that. We're heading towards 20,000 subscribers on there. And if you want to support the channel, you can buy some of our merchandise, hoop, um, top, shamrock, jerseys, shamrock, trackies, they're all in there. The link is under the video. Uh, Butter, I picked the start loving correctly. First time since Ange has been here. It is often difficult um, to, to predict an 11 when Ange is at the helm. Um, FS feeling much more positive about the heavy rotation than earlier in the season. It's all about the squad. What do you make of the rotation then, Liam? Because I was saying before we came on there. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. 
This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I like the way he's doing it. I didn't like the St. Mirren rotation. I felt it was too much. But he's tinkering mm. and he's tweaking it. And, and it means that all the players are getting the game time that they need. I mean, the thing with rotation, the most difficult part of a squad rotation system is the first three or four games because you have guys coming in who have not played. But yeah. it's at the point now where almost everybody in the squad has had a couple of games. Um, and so they can come in and there's already that they're already at that, that certain minimum required level to go in and do a job. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I am, you know, I'm surprised that Maeda's starting today, to be honest, though. Um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm a big fan of the guy, but I I thought, you know, I thought on form at the moment, Haksibanovich was pretty much undroppable. You know, yeah. um, uh, no, so definitely. Mm-hmm. that does surprise me a wee bit. But Ange knows what he's doing, so he's obviously got something in mind. Absolutely, we'll, we'll come to Haksibanovich as well. I've been so impressed with him. Um, you and Boy Martin brings up. I'm not going to call it the elephant in the room. We all know it's coming. You and Boy Martin. <laughs> uh, hail, hail to you, sir. Interesting to see how VAR works today. Tate Ange wasn't that bothered about it, was he? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to oh, believe the excitement everybody seems to have over VAR. Um, he wants the refs to get it right first time. Come on, Ange. You've been in the country 18 months. You know better than that. Um, I mean, it is one of the things. You just hope it isn't a discussion point at the end of the game, don't you? I, I mean that that's the thing I was I was again I was saying last night you know I went to my my first football game uh, in three years uh, a couple of weeks ago the Japan and New Zealand ladies international teams and that game had VAR but I think there was like two checks throughout the entire game mm-hmm. one for uh, an offside that was clearly offside I mean we we could see it even from the from the stand it was offside. And another for a for a possible yellow card, um, and that you know that was it basically, um, you know. But as I said, as I said last night as well, though I think that part of that speaks to the fact that the Japanese probably run VAR far more efficiently than it's going to be run in Scotland. Um, but also the fact that the women's football in general, they they just they just tend to get on with it. I know as they're not as theatrical or melodramatic or trying to trick the referee into giving away penalties or whatever as, as the men seem to be sometimes, you know. Mm, interesting observation. Did you enjoy the game, though? Because it's first time back in three years. Um, what, what, kind of precautions, what kind of precautions over there? Are you still masked up in that, Liam, when you go to the game? Um, masks, yes, depending on where you're sitting. Um, mm-hmm. There was, like, we were in the the stand opposite the uh, opposite the... The, the, the benches if you like 
and behind one of the goals was like the I, I don't know what they're called, but the, the, the Japanese national team equivalent of the Green Brigades, right? The ones that were all singing and waving the banners and all that, right? They were not required to be masked. Um, right. But they were, you know, they bought tickets specifically saying, you're going into the singing section. You're mm-hmm. going to be in close proximity to a lot of people. There's going to be shouting. You know, it's it's a high-risk area, and it's up to you if you want to take that risk. Now, my, my wife, for, for medical reasons... Um, is still scared of COVID. Um, so we went for the, the regular seating, which is like still, you're still in with a crowd, but you're fully masked and, you know, disinfect your hands, get in and out and whatever. Um, which in a stadium is all you can really do. Yeah. Besides, an open air arena like a stadium is not as conducive to transmission as, for example, a, a music concert might be where it's all indoor, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, you know, I mean, not normality has to come back at some point, and you know, um, I think that the Japanese authorities are doing it as best as they can, really, with in terms of getting the football going. And we've had crowds back in for I think, I think for about a year now. I think it was about mm-hmm. this time last year that they first brought back crowds, and they phased it in. It was five thousand maximum, then it was ten thousand, then it was full capacity. Um, I mean, it's only the top three or four teams in the J League that would have a regular crowd of more than about 20,000 anyway. So um, it wasn't that big of an issue. But yeah, I, I, I think we're, you know, doing, doing what they have to do. And I I feel quite safe at the stadium. I really enjoyed being back. And I'm looking forward yep. to uh, to going to another game soon, hopefully. I hope Celtic get their, get their backsides over here for a pre-season tour. That would be good. Um, here's here's the two ends of the scale when it comes to VAR. Ewan Boy says that it's interesting to see how VAR works today, but um, if we look at Peter McKill, he thinks it'll be interesting <laughs> to see how the officials behave today. So there you go. Yes. Scottish football, yes. in a nutshell. In a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Um, right, yeah. so loads of the conversation during the week there was around uh, players like Hugo Yakamakis. You've already mentioned Maeda, the surprise inclusion over someone who's really in form at the moment. And, of course, on the right-hand side, we've got Forrest, who dropped out against Mullerwell after a brilliant performance against Hibs, where he got a hat-trick, he scores his 100th goal. A couple of conversations during the week um, on the socials and also on the bulletin. Liam, so I'm going to throw it over to you. John and I spoke about that word, legend, when we were talking about Forrest, and it seems mm-hmm. to rattle people, you know. He's not a legend. How can you put him in the same category as Jimmy McGrory? Well, there's different versions, there's different types and uh, you just got to look at the, the role called the role of honour in relation to James Forrest would suggest that he's right up there. I don't know if the, the right word is legend. He's certainly a great, and it's great to see him back on form. To me, though, when you're talking about a club, like a football club, as opposed to like, you know, as opposed to football overall, right? You know, um, a club legend is somebody who has spent a long time at the club has made a significant contribution to the club. And I'd say 100 goals is a very significant contribution. I mean, like, case in point, and it's no disrespect to this particular player, right? But you ask any Arsenal fan, is Tony Adams an Arsenal legend? They'll say, oh, yes, no question, right? Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, a very ordinary workmanlike defender, nothing outstanding about him as a player at all. But every Arsenal fan would say he's a legend because of his service to the club over a long period of time. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the same with James Forrest. Now, I think James Forrest is a class player. I've always thought he's a class player. 
And I'm glad that he stuck around when there were rumours last season that he wouldn't. Because I think, you know, much like Aaron Moy, he's a good, experienced player to have as part of the squad, um, regardless of who is playing every week. Um, but, yeah, he, he's a legend, um, I think, in ability and in terms of uh, impact at the club. So, yeah, no question to me. Legend is a very appropriate label. Yeah, I've got him up there. People disagree, and that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. Um, Yakimakis up top was another discussion point, um, and that is keeping a lot of people in comments happy. MKM1990 is quite happy with that as well. Um, Kyogo is a supreme talent, in my view, Liam, but there are certain games like today that you think, you know, in that hostile environment, not only coming from the hostility, not only coming from the stands, but from the opposition players, Big Yakimakis mm-hmm. can rough them up. Put him in there into the, uh, you know, for me, you know, into the melting pot, and I'm pretty sure he can handle it. I would like it if, you know, I, I think the perfect scenario would be if we can get a, get a goal or two in the first half and Yakimakis gives their defenders a good roughing up, Maida runs them ragged on the wing, and then you bring on Kyogo and Haksabanovic in the second half to run at a tired defence and just rip them to shreds. Yeah, I mean, it's so doable when you look at that bench. One of the, the big concerns for periods last season was the uh, the weakness that we had uh, in terms of options. But when you look at it now, Segrist, Taylor, Kyogo, Haksabanovic, Abada, McCarthy, Idiguchi, Abilgard and Juranovic. I mean, that, that bench is pretty frightening. It's a frightening prospect for any opposition team. Um, so is the pronunciation of Abilgard's name because I'm I'm aware that I'm not pronouncing that right, Liam. But I will <laughs> learn the proper pronunciation. I'd like to uh, see more of them. I'd like to see more of them. I don't know if today's the day uh, that we see a bit of Idiguchi as well because you know I'm hanging on to your every word with Idiguchi and I'm not giving up on him yet. I think we 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 will see the player that he can be for us. Do you know, I think today might actually be a good game for him to come on into, especially if, if we're winning, because psychologically, and th- it's horrible that we have to think this way, but this is how Scottish football works, right? Psychologically, it needs for it needs for Gucci to have somebody boot him up in the air and he's all right. Then mentally, that's him yeah. got beyond the injury and the worry of it recurring. Um, one bad tackle on him and he walks away from it, and I think he'll be a, a, better, a better player and a better man for it. I'd like to see that today. Um, loads more to discuss. We'll obviously catch up again at halftime. We're away to get the action. Um, an absolute pleasure, as always, uh, for Liam to tune in from Japan, representing Celtic Down Under. Match day is a collaboration between Celtic Down Under and Axom. So I hope you enjoy that. Thanks, everybody, for getting up um, early, if that's what you're doing. Um, what time is it where you are, Liam? Is it night Half eight. Half eight. Half eight. Yeah. Half eight. And if you're in certain areas of Australia, you might be getting up early to watch the game. Fantastic. Enjoy the first half. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. And thank you once again, Liam Carrigan, for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Thank you. Liam, I've seen a tweet there. Varsical. Um, Varsical. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly where that first half was. A VAR tag team with Stephen McLean and Nick Walsh. Um, an absolute disaster in our first half um, in relation to the decisions made. Ange was left laughing and holding his head in his hand. What did you make of all of that nonsense? Well, let's see. Uh, perfectly good goal disallowed for no valid reason. Um, 
two players were offside, but they were not active. Um, Jakimakis was fouled as the ball came across. Um, then Hearts get a penalty, which initially I actually thought penalty. But through the benefit of a replay, you see that the Hearts player gets the ball, but he does so by showing his studs with a high boot. So for me, that's a foul on Carter Vickers. It's it's not a penalty. Then there's the most obvious handball you'll ever see, and uh, the referee says no. Nope. Um, I just I, I I really, well, if there was ever anybody who was saying, look, you know, I've been saying for months, VAR is not the silver bullet that's going to kill all the problems in Scottish football, and I think um, today just proves that in a nutshell. We've just seen 45, in fact, we've just seen 50 minutes of proof for Aye. Liam. Um, welcome to the show, incidentally. I'm Paul John Dykes. I am joined today by Liam Carrigan. This is a Celtic State of Mind, and we are working alongside Celtic Down Under for the match day. It's half time, and it's Hearts 1, Celtic 1. All the talk is going to be around that display of the, um, the VAR tag team of McLean and Walsh. Some of the decisions are absolutely bizarre. Um, and Michael Warner comes in, sorry, but that made no sense to me. It, it makes perfect sense, Michael, because, you know, I think we've seen it coming. We've seen it coming. I, I think the moment where you just thought that even Ange, who had been playing it down all week, Liam, even Ange was laughing and he's, yeah. he's, applaud, and he's actually applauding the officials for their, for their um, inability to do their, their job. Um, and I, I yeah. think that what we'll try and do is a blow-by-blow uh, of this game, it's a it's a poor game in terms of the weather. Uh, you've seen a lot mm. of passes skidding on that park. I think Ralston's got a hard time at down the right hand side, and it's you know it, it's shown a wee bit. But you know the first goal. Let's talk about the first goal um, before mm. we get into some of the poor decisions. Um, scored by yep. Forrest, made made by Ralston. Two of the players yep. who have had a hard time in the past, but um, I think that there is no doubt both of them. Are, are brilliant parts of the squad. Ralston done ever so well to get that ball across, and of course, you know, Forrest scores goal number one hundred and one. He's a legend. Uh, <laughs> is that is that the first time John that uh, that James Forrest has scored a header? Because I do not remember him scoring a header before today. Potentially, come on. The staffers <laughs> in the comments section, let us uh, know. I can't I can't remember him scoring a header either. And I love his celebration. You know, he's up there, you know in a, in amongst it with regards to. Uh, surrounded by Hearts fans and, and just the <laughs> the emotion that he showed. So we're, we're a goal up. And I think at that point, though, um, I would say that we, we were deserving of that lead. There was one wee thing that I've, that I've noted here, Liam, um, a few mm. minutes before the goal, and it was the made a chance. They made a chance that uh, has gone behind after uh, ricocheting off a Hearts player's face and Hearts get a yeah. bye kick. And... You know, I'm trying to remember which player went up to the, the referee. I think it was Maeda himself went up to Walsh. And Walsh, you could Aye. see it. He said, go away. It was just yeah. the disdain that he has um, for any decisions, any anything at all, any shouts that we are, we are trying to um, get in this game. And I was a wee bit concerned at that moment in time. Should we be concerned? Well, yeah, I think there are causes for concern. Um I still think we'll win this game. I think we will. We've opened up hearts a few times with a couple of slick passing moves, and if we can get that going again in the second half, the goals will come because they're not good enough to shut us out for a whole 
another 45 minutes. Um, but, I mean, <laughs> you know, I... I, I, I I, I think of something that a friend of mine once said, and it was it was actually in relation to a dispute we had with a boss at work. He said, "Never, never put down to uh, maliciousness what you can put down to incompetence." But referees today, that that crosses a line beyond just incompetent. There's, there's something, there's an agenda there. Clearly, clearly. You know the thing, Liam. Right, I, I said something similar the other week. I've always use the incompetence line because mm-hmm. I think, you know, you look at some of the examples, you do, you look at some of the examples over the years, you speak to some mm-hmm. ex-players um, over the years as well, and they've been used at the level of incompetence. But the other week mm-hmm. there, it, it kind of went beyond that for me against Hibs, you know, when I'm looking Aye. at McLean and I'm looking at some of those decisions and people in the comments will be saying, it, you know, it went beyond that years ago. Uh, in relation to some of the decisions. But you watch that there today. Autumn Glow comes in, and he he or she, uh, Autumn yeah. Glow comes in to say, it's a penalty, in, in your opinion. That's fair enough. But why did that take three minutes? And why was Ralston's goal not given? I think that is part of the frustration here, Liam. You yep. look at Ralston's yep. goal. It's, it's disallowed for a foul, apparently, by Yakamakis. You look at yeah. you watch it back, you think... You know, Nick Walsh has, has actually called it before the ball's hit the net. It goes to the VAR replay and it comes back and the goal's disallowed. It's pathetic. It really is. It's so poor. I do think Celtic have got enough to win this game, um, but you know you're up against it. And I think if the penny hadn't dropped already with Ange, and you, you know Ange better than I do, right? Not on a personal Aye. level, but you've got more experience than Ange. What was that all about during the week? Was he just trying to take the heat away from that? Because he must realise, you know, he's clapping the officials. Um, you know, he's laughing at that decision. John Kennedy's talking to the fourth official. They must hmm. realise it's an absolute disgrace the way they're going about their business, these officials. Aye, but I think Ange is of a mind that, well, you know, as as Jock Steen said back in the day, as long as we score enough goals to win the game, it doesn't matter what the referee does, you know. Um, and I think Ange is, I think he's fully aware of the issues with referees, but he's of the mind that we're going to win in spite of them. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, that, that display there, something that made me think about, right? There's a thing we do in, in school in Japan here. I, I teach in primary schools, right? And we have this thing called Soji time, which is like 15 minutes after lunch where the kids spend... 15 minutes cleaning the school, right? They clean all the floors or the tables, whatever. I'll get to the point here. Bear with me, right? Um, but there are some Wayne's who just don't want to do it, right? So they deliberately do it so badly that eventually say, look, just step back. I'll do it myself. And you sweep the floor yourself, right? Mm-hmm. I honestly wonder if they're trying to deliberately make such a complete and utter cock-up of VAR that in a couple of weeks people are going to say, do you know what, just scrap it, it's not ready. Because clearly the referees don't want it. And they are trying to make it as difficult and as as belligerent as possible. You know, you you said something there, it's not ready. I remember that conversation happening about a week ago where um, officials were coming out and saying, oh, there's going to be teething problems. And the, um, the question was, why? Because if there's going Aye. to be teething problems, why are we introducing it at this at this early um, 
juncture. Um, now, Stockroom Tim comes in to say, you're watching this on YouTube. They both got to the ball. That is and always has been a joke. Stephen Sloan is more concerned with the performance of Celtic. Hearts deserve to be level, reckon Stephen. We can't handle the pressing. Her passing is poor when we are struggling to play it from the back. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Our fullbacks and wingers are offering little. Let's concentrate then, Liam, on Celtic's mm. performance. I think in the opening stages there, um, Hearts had the first real chance of the game. I think it was a decent save by Joe Hart. We spoke about Hart mm-hmm. before the game. Um, and up to then, it was kind of like end-to-end, but I think a lot of the, the, the play that you would expect from Celtic has been affected slightly by the conditions. Uh, yeah. No excuses, because obviously we did take the lead. Um, but up to the point where we scored the goal, um, I've, I've seen great uh, defensive tackles by Marie Jens, Really good defensive play by O'Reilly, um, but probably mm. not enough. Not, not enough up to that stage, first quarter an hour, uh, of us creating anything. Um, would you Would no. you go with that? Do you think the goal came at a good time for Celtic? It did. It did because Hearts were on the ascendance at that point, and the goal was it was like a a, a hammer blow to them because they 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 did they, they staggered for the next five or ten minutes after that as well. We could we could have got more if we'd have turned the screw a little bit on them. But um, I think that uh, Hearts do deserve some credit. Now, was it a penalty? Was it no a penalty? I don't think it was, but a lot of people think it was. And I think it's one of those that take VR out of the equation. It could be given, it could not be given, right? But I do think that um, Hearts deserved possibly to get back into the game because they have been having a go, they've, they've contributed something to this game and you do have to give them some credit for that, I think. Yeah, I, I think so. And we've got a game in our hands now, Liam. I mean, yeah. uh, going by the comments, uh, a lot of people are saying, you know, they, they think that the Cameron Carter-Vickers offence uh, was a foul and it was a penalty, right? Okay, mm-hmm. so you take that one on the chin. Um, but I think it's, it's it's a bitter pill to swallow when you, you've seen Ralston's goal chopped off. Uh, yeah. And then the the salt is rubbed in the wounds with the you know Forrest's um, play and, and the handball uh, at the other end, and you look at that because it's as clear a handball and a penalty as you'll see all day yeah. long. So yeah. if you concede that the the penalty was um, indeed a penalty for Hearts, I think the the counter argument to that is that there's been two decisions that have been woeful, uh, and you know they've gone against Celtic. 
not just the decisions being woeful, but the the administration of the decisions as well. You know, why does it take about four minutes before the referee even decides to go and have a look at the video? As soon as he gets the shout, he should be, right, stop, go and have a look. It should be done in less than a minute. In the meantime, he's standing there going, stop, 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 stop. And I'm like, what are you doing? Go and check. If, if, it's, if it's not, if you think it's the wrong decision, go and check it. If it's not, yeah. play on. It's a simple, it's a binary choice, you know? Um, I well, really I'm going to bring this up because right. it's not about conspiracies. Um, maybe we are. Your goes. It's not conspiracies, though. What, what it is, it's about, I'm going to go back to it. It was the same prior to VAR being introduced, Liam. Um, right. It's about consistency, isn't it? And I don't think, right, you know, if you just look at the VAR decisions in that first half, have they been consistent? And I would say no. I don't think they have right. been consistent. But it's just about consistency. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying anything other than that. Um, is it beyond incompetence? I'll leave that up to yourself to decide. Um, the Ralston diving header, by the way, let's not forget how good a goal that was. I mean, oh, it's, it's so I... unfortunate for Tony Ralston. They've done so well to get through that that sea of bodies and get on the end of it. Um, brilliant goal. It's just a shame that it's been chopped off by uh, VAR. I've seen uh, the boy Devlin going in late on Jens, but Jens was the one that ended up in the book in that first half, which was unusual. Um, and of course, that, that, that was back a strange one. Yeah, the, mm. the Jens booking was a strange one because to me, it's both players are at it, but the Hearts player gets a second prize simply because he's smaller. You know, it's yeah. just um, you either book both of them or you book neither of them because they were both the, the arms were up from both of them. So I really think De- it's, Devlin, it's, it's a stupid one. He's like it is, but Devlin, you know what he's like, Liam, don't you? We've seen it. We've seen it against Celtic time and time again. He'll go for the ball. He's that type Aye. of player. Um, it reminds me of Scrappy Doo from the old Scooby Doo cartoons. You know the, the, the wee guy, just the Aye, wee guy that always wanted a fight. Guy. Yeah, Aye, that's Aye, the one. Aye, the wee Aye. irritating Aye. one. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, um, um, I'm bringing this up because somebody's agreeing with me, Liam. Uh, ours is a Aye. definite penalty too. You're right. Thank you. Aye. As long as I'm right, once in a weekend. Um, we've had we've had a thousand of you live on the halftime bulletin because I think there was just a feeling of frustration uh, when the halftime whistle was blown. Um, a couple of you have, have left the broadcast, so that would suggest that the second half's about to kick off. Liam, just uh, you know, going through some of the some of the first half, is there anything you would do differently in the second half? Any changes you would make at half-time even? Or is it one of the ones where you're giving them 15 minutes of the second half again? No, I think we need we need to we need to get back out in front quickly. I would I would um, immediately swap out uh, Maeda and Giacomakis for Kyogo and Haksabanovic. Giacomakis is just, it's just not his game today, unfortunately. It's not happening for him. It's not, and it looks as though anything he does will be penalised. Again, yes. I'm going back yeah. to that. It do, you know, it does look as though if he's putting himself about, which I love when a big guy does that. I love when he does it in Europe. Um, but he's been penalised for it today. So if you do take him off, you've got the craft and the wizardry of um, Kyogo and Haksabanovic. Haksabanovic is on great form. I'm not sure I would make any other changes than that at this moment in no. time. Still confident of a win, Liam, before we go back to join the action? Yeah, I'm going to predict 3-1. Brilliant. I'd love to see it. We'll see you at full time. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. Thank you, Liam Carrigan, for joining me on a Celtic State of Night.
Welcome back to A Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and today I'm delighted to be joined by Celtic Down Unders Liam Carrigan for the post-match for Hearts 3, Celtic 4. What an afternoon of football that was, Liam. Um, so that I can catch my breath, take me through your <laughs> thoughts of that second half and then we'll look at the game as a whole. Well, I'm just going to say, whoever that half-wit was you had on at the half-time show who said that, you know, uh, take, take off Giacomacus Maida, sack him. Uh, <laughs> oh, wait, that was me, sorry. Um, no, uh, great, great second half, really. Um, do you know, if there is such a thing as a neutral fan watching that today, what a, an incredible game of footballing drama. Um, a lot of it concocted by the you know, horrifically incompetent referee, but still a, a great spectacle for, for television, I would suggest. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we'll go through it blow by blow, Liam. <laughs> it's hard. It is hard when uh, you're so emotionally invested in a game to think about it that way, you know, when the pressure's mm. on you, you're hitting back. But uh, after the event, particularly when you've, you've won the game, you can concede Aye. that actually that would have been some spectacle for anybody watching, even though, you know, we'll get back to the couple of bad decisions that we think the, the officials got wrong in the first half. But um, mm. we did we did prevail. We did get the win. I'm going to bring up as many comments as I can. I understand it will be a busy one this afternoon because that was some game. Michael McDonald uh, never felt comfortable the whole game. I know the feeling. Uh, mm. Moy, though, is looking more and more like an old pals act signing. I mean, other than mm. the miss, and, and it was a bad miss. Other than Aye. the miss, though, I mean... He played a part. He played a part in a couple of the goals as well. He he did a good job of... Uh, there was a couple of times when he made good forward runs that, that took the pressure off us as well when we were ahead. Um, no, I think... Not not his best game in a Celtic shirt, but definitely not his worst either. I think he, he put in a good shift today, Moy. Yeah, I did. And as I say, I mean, uh, one of the goals we were, we were looking at in that second half, or we will look at rather will show that he was certainly involved, um, as were the substitutes that were made. I think mm. uh, they were made at just the right time. The subs were made on 65, and we got our uh, reward just 10 minutes later. We'll be talking about wee Greg Taylor as well, um, <laughs> who has come through a rough patch, um, mm. and his journey, his transition from... Um, a lot of people reckon he was uh, a good domestic player. I know to me today he was domestic, but I think he's shown good form in Europe this season as well, Liam. Let's have a wee word then about the guy who got the winning goal, Greg Taylor. Um, going into the pre-season, I think a lot of the chat was around trying to get that that kind of balance where you know, you've know you got Ralston there who you're quite confident with, but we've brought in mm -hmm. Juranovic and there's a, a bigger, higher step up as a standard. and You want that in every position. We didn't have it in goals. I think we do now. We didn't have it at left back, and we certainly do now because Taylor's uh, obviously not been dropped, uh, but he's not made the starting lineup today. Mm -hmm. um, but I think when he came on, it was a, it was another reminder of just how good his form has been recently. Yeah, and it's also interesting to think that you know I I made the point pre-match that I felt Taylor was a more defensive. Um, solid option, whereas Burnaby was more about you know getting forward and attacking, and yet. <laughs> There's Taylor popping up and scoring the, the the winning goal today, just to just to kind of you know completely destroy my narrative. Uh, it was a uh, yeah, it was great to see, really good to see. And the thing is, you know, we look at I, I've spoken before about how I don't like the way certain 
players are singled out when we don't have a good game. And mm. today you had, you know, Forrest again, Maida, and finally Greg Taylor. You know, three guys that have all come in for abuse at different times and yet, you know, scored very important goals for us today. No, you're right. And uh, I would throw into the mix as well, although he didn't score, he did set up the first goal. Tony Ralston obviously has come through that. Um, and, you know, the, the thing with Taylor is I, I think that he has developed massively since Ange came in, as has many of the players in the squad. I'm not sure um, why it took so long for him to establish himself as a Celtic player. Uh, a lot of mm. people are talking about the Tierney, Tierney effect. We were talking about Tierney before the game. Um, and I just think, you know, there's, there is a step up. We don't do it that often these days when we don't buy from the Scottish market as often as we probably once did. Um, and sometimes, you know, the guys that you bring in are unfashionable. I think Aye. yeah, Moyes suffering a wee bit from that as well. Um, I know we didn't mm. buy him domestically, but he's an unfashionable signing, um, just like Greg Taylor. But, you know, uh, other people were a wee bit concerned that uh, he was brought up a Rangers fan. He obviously played for Rangers when he was a youth and all this nonsense. But <laughs> I, I don't think that matters. One jot. You've seen the, the joy after he scored against Rangers last season. You've seen the joy after he scored. Uh, today and it looks as though he's, he's a right popular um, part of that squad. Uh, I know there was a wee clip of the the team group getting photographed during the week there, and obviously there, mm. there was that wee bit about him and Jota. And I just think he's a guy that's uh, definitely got over that, and he's de- he is also the first choice left back, isn't he? I know he was left yeah. out, today, but he is the first choice left back. Liam, would you agree with that? He is, and and he's there on merit. Um, you know, Bernabe has to earn that that spot because it is Greg Taylor's at the moment, and and it should be. You know, I've been a big um, champion of Bernabe in the last wee while. I mean, he, he came in, he didn't step right into the team. There was then that instant off the park. I wasn't mm. convinced from the pre-season, but I wasn't writing him off because it's you know first Argentinian, it's, it's a huge transition. Um, and then yeah. he came into a game and he, he had some really, really good performances. But today, I think, probably highlighted what you said there um, in relation to Greg Taylor. When it comes to the defensive side of it, he's he's not there yet, I don't think. He's certainly not up there no. with Greg Taylor defensively, is he? De- no, definitely not. Definitely not. But, you know, time is on his side. Um, he's a young player, but he's also very new to, to Celtic. And... Particularly with defenders, it can take a bit longer to bed in than because you know if a if a striker scores within his first two or three games, that's him away and he's flying. Defenders can some. I mean, a good example of that is uh, looking back to when I first started following Celtic back in the nineties. Alan Stubbs. Mm. Alan Stubbs went on to become a, a hero to to a lot of Celtic fans, but for his first probably about six to nine months, he was rank rotten. Just he couldn't he couldn't put a foot right, you know. Um, and it was just the bedding in time. It took him time yeah. to find his feet and realise what he had to do and what was expected of him. And Bernabe, I mean, he's already doing better than I think Stubbs was in his first few games with Celtic. But um, it's uh, you know, in time he will grow into the role. But at the moment, Greg Taylor is the man, and uh, Bernabe has to learn from that. I think it's, it is always useful to look at uh, the history books and, and find other similar examples. Stubbs is a very good shout, actually. I remember his first game, Aberdeen at Pataudry, he gets sent off, didn't he? 
That's um, right, aye. And this is a guy who went on to have some real success at Celtic. I, I remember watching an interview probably when he was back at Everton as a coach and he mm -hmm. was having a chat through his career. When Celtic signed him, it was a big, big deal. I remember Burns shelling out a lot of money and uh, there were various clubs interested in him at that uh -huh. time, English clubs. He was part of that Bolton team with Alan Thompson and Jason McAteer, all the guys that went on to bigger and better things. But you're right, it took him a while. It took Paul Elliott a wee while as well when he came to Celtic yeah. just to adapt. And like you say, it's not a goal you're looking for. You know, it, it's the performances no. and then the, the consistency of performance. Of course, mm -hmm. we went through the first half and we'll come back to that for anybody who never tuned in at half time. Um, but let's have a look at some of the incidents in the second half and we'll work our way back there, Liam. We've already spoke, uh, spoke about the winning goal, but there's yeah. a lot more to speak about. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. You know, we went in, we went in there at one-one, and at halftime, you and I were talking about maybe uh, mixing it up a bit. The chat and the comments was that the Hearts were were in this game; they were giving us a good game, no denying that. Um, mm. And obviously, we'll come back to the bar. But anyway, what happened was, you know, as soon as we kick off, Hearts open the scoring, uh, and <laughs> and the, you know, again, Varchek, Shankland scores a goal, and we're two-one down. Tell me at that point. When we're talking about character, test of character, the we never stop mantra, what are you thinking um, at that moment? Because I've got to say, I knew because of the type of game it was, there was more goals in this. I wasn't that concerned I, at that moment in time. No, well, I, 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 I said to my, I was watching the game with my dad over over the, the iPad, and um, and I said to him, I said, look, this is not going to, there's no way it's going to finish 2-1. I said, I have no idea what the score's going to be now. I said, but I don't, I don't see it finishing, uh, you know, finishing 2-1. Um, I, I thought, um, I thought Celtic would probably come back and win 3-2, to be honest. But then, credit to Hearts, they came back into it again. Mm. And, um, and I think there's a lesson to be learned here from, now, Hearts didn't get any points today, but I think they would have earned a lot of respect with that performance from people who are maybe not necessarily fans of Scottish football tuning into that game today because it's on the telly, expecting Celtic to steamroll our hearts because yeah. that's what we that's what we usually do to most teams in this league. Um, and Hearts gave us a, a real fright and gave us a really good game. I don't mean this to be in any way patronising. Genuinely, I think Hearts deserve credit for albeit a referee-assisted, um, you know, competitive game, but a very competitive game. And if I was a Hearts fan, I wouldn't be too despondent about that tonight. I think they, they can hold their heads high and say they contributed to a very, very good spectacle. Massively. And, and I mean, they have come up against a Celtic side who are in free-scoring forum. Two games, ten goals, uh, mm. one goal conceded. And, yeah we did have to score four goals to win the game, but it was much, much tighter than the previous two fixers, like you say. Um, yep. Now, the thing with Moy, let's talk about Moy. Mm. It's time to talk right. about Aaron Moy, right? Oh, dear, yes. We'd already had this chat about Moy because he's, you know, he's starting to rack up the starts. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of that is down to the fact that the captain's injured. We know that. But um, I was bigging him up, and the first thing, the real contribution that he makes in the second half is he, he misses what we used to call a sitter. Was it as bad as that? He should score. He should definitely hit the target, shouldn't he? Well, for me, a sitter is an open goal, right? And that was not an open goal because he still had to beat the goalkeeper. 
it's a very very bad miss but it's not it's not it's not like peter van vossen level of miss you know um it's uh mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on the Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. There's loads of 90s references, by the way, but just keep them coming. Because, uh, I remember them well. I um. No, but but again, the thing, the funny thing is, though, you know, the Van Vossen one was quickly forgotten by that particular set of fans because they won that game, and yeah. I think Aaron Moy could consider himself a lucky boy that we went on to win this game today because he'll, be, he'll get a lot less abuse than he would have if we had not won today and he missed that chance. Um, For sure, he actually had time, I think, to trap the ball and place it. He didn't have to take it first time. I think he actually had the enough space where he could have actually stopped and put his foot in the ball and then picked his spot. But, you know, credit, give the goalkeeper some credit. Right? He comes out, makes himself big, and he forces Moy to try and place it into the corner. Um, and he puts it wide. It's, it's a bad miss, but, you know, like I say, there's been plenty... Ronnie Rosenthal is another one for you. Oh yes. <laughs> that was yes. that that was that was worse by far, you know. Look it up, look it up on YouTube if you're a wee bit younger. No, but you're uh, right. I mean, a couple of things about that miss. Uh, Aaron Moy, yeah, I totally agree. He should score. Uh, Yakimakis thought he had scored because he's running away with the arms up. Um, <laughs> Moy's going to slot it away, but. Uh, Again, as you say, you forget the miss because we won the game. Let's not forget Maeda's part in that, the build-up for that. It was a brilliant wee dink for the, the kind of side of the foot. Oh, um, yes. Lovely. Aye. Brilliant. And it's great Aye. to see him playing with a wee bit more confidence. Liam, I know you're a big fan, but, mm-hmm. you know, he did. He, got, he went through a tricky patch there for a few weeks, didn't he? Aye, aye. And, you know, he still he still needs to... He still no, I still, still don't think he's close to being back to his best yet. And that will come. I'm sure it will because he's got it in him. And you know he's also playing for a World Cup starting place at the moment. You know mm-hmm. he will be in the Japan squad, but will he start? That's a big question. And what he does with Celtic in the next three or four weeks is going to go a long way to determining that. Yeah, we'll come. We'll come to the goal and uh, the, the celebration as well because mm-hmm. uh, I think there was just a an outpouring of emotion and you understand it because like you say not only is he want to get over the, the tricky patch he's had you'll have one eye uh, on the international stage as well i'm really keen to get comments coming in as well as we work mm-hmm. our way through this game at the moment we're up at um uh, hearts winning 2-1 at this stage shanklin's opened the scoring mckellian one word for that var experience farcical maybe the game mm-hmm. is too quick 
in end-to-end -end terms compared to the EPL. Not comparing the standards, just the regulate, regulatory of these decisions in both ends. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, VAR, I mean, regardless of how entertaining the game was, um, there is this overarching uh, discussion around the VAR and the performance around VAR. We spoke a fair bit about it at half-time and we will come back to it because yeah, there's, there's absolutely no doubt that it's going to create controversy um, if it's used the way it is today, Liam, and I'm pretty sure Andrew's going to have a few things to say if he's asked the question this time round. I'm, I'm already thinking tomorrow's back page headline is going to be he's made a verse of it. <laughs> <laughs> you could be a headline writer uh, with that. I used to be on. one back in the day, but not anymore. <laughs> You should write our taglines. Oh God, no! Um, but yeah, that's that's a sad thing. You know, a very entertaining game of football, but the referee is all that the the papers are going to talk about tomorrow. Um, and you know, we've not even had the Rangers game yet, so God knows what's going to happen in that game. <laughs> but again, I asked you. I think it was before the game, Liam. I was talking mm -hmm. about you know Andy's reaction. And Andy's come to Scottish football. And he's done it his way in terms of uh, dealing with the media. And yeah. I think that there's been many occasions where he has seemed a little bit kind of tired of the, the line of questioning. Um, but again, none more so this week when it was var, var, var. So on the one hand, you're, you're from a journalistic background, understand why journalists are asking them the question because there's a, there's a few, reasons, few reasons for that. I mean, they're working for editors who are asking for, for various things, but mm. at the same time, he was at the end of his teller talking about VAR. I'm pretty sure, though, that will come up in the post-match. I've, I've obviously not seen a post-match interview. Well, the, uh, the thing, the thing is with that, from the, from the journalist's point of view, now, I understand one person asking him the question. But at that press conference the other day, he was asked the same question in about five or six different ways. Yeah. And, you know, that is, it's very, very poor journalism. Because the thing is, if you go, I mean, I've been to press conferences where I've covered like Celtic, Rangers, Hibs, Hearts, whatever. And they, you know, every attendee usually gets a transcript of what was said or they're allowed to record the entire thing. So they can basically quote anything the manager says at the end of that, whether they've asked the question or not. So to me, I think it's actually a bit of ego with some of these writers as well, that they want to be the one that, that, that triggers Ange Postacoglu into saying something controversial, you know? Mm. Whereas the most controversial thing Ange will do is be call the, call the mate because if, you, if you're familiar with Australian vernacular, that usually means the exact opposite. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, just before Yakimakis gets on the score sheet to continue his incredible goal-scoring record that he's had since mm. he came Celtic, um, James Forrest was in and about it again, and, and he had a shot well saved by Craig Gordon. Um, a few moments later, we win the corner, it comes over, and we score from the resulting corner. It's a great header. And at that point, we've scored two goals. It's two each, and both goals have come with headers, Liam. But Yakamakis, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, we, we spoke about him at the beginning of the game, and we were both saying, you know, we understand why he's starting this game. The physical yeah. aspect of it. Hearts had already mm -hmm. topped that up, leading up to the game. Aye. And he gets his back in the game. It was quoted, uh, the commentary team quoted that it was his 19th goal in 20 starts. 
And I know that all the statos and, and the data guys don't even look at that now. They're just looking at minutes and goals and assists per minute. His, his stats are incredible, William. Absolutely yeah. astonishing since he came to the club. But yeah. I, I would stand by the fact that there are certain games I would rather play Kyogo. Today wasn't one yeah. of them, though. And, no. he, and he proved he proved the guy at half-time wrong as well by getting us back in the game. Yes, yeah, yes. <laughs> as as did uh, as did Dyson. So I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna take that take that one on the chin, as Tony Mowbray would say. <laughs> the, the thing um, with, with Yakamakis as well, stop start, um, you know, beginning of his Celtic career. But now right. he, he's he's at a stage now where I always go back to the comment that Anthony Joseph made about him when he signed for Celtic for something mm-hmm. like two and a half million quid, and he was he was basically of the view that um, his previous club were, were looking for 12 million euros had they stayed in the division. So yeah. we've got a player there again, uh, you know, because of the circumstances, like Haxabanovic, different set of circumstances, like various players were getting them in at the right price, Liam. Um, and it's brilliant. It's superb recruitment, isn't it? I mean, that's the thing, you know, I don't, I, I do have sympathy for, for example, clubs like Ruben Kazan, right? Because, the situation in their country is in no way they're doing, right? So they're being ostensibly punished for something that's completely beyond the sphere of football, right? Uh, but football's a ruthless game, and Celtic have taken full advantage of that, and mm-hmm. they're perfectly entitled to, you know? Yeah, no, same with yeah. Uh, same with when if a Dutch team gets relegated and we're able to get their striker for a knockdown fee, mm-hmm. that's business. What is, it, Mike, what is it Michael Corleone said? It's nothing personal, it's just business. You know? <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. And by the uh, way, I thought you were going to bring in the other signing from Ruben Kazan because we were informed that his name is Abligo. So there you go. Oh, okay. Um, I, I've been calling him Abildgard. Apologies for everybody uh, that uh, knows the correct pronunciation. So Celtic get back to 2-2 and Boheed Bob comes in here. He say, uh, they threw everything they had at us today and the good guys won. We never stopped. Yeah. Um, that, that is the mantra. That's the mantra, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know there's a massive part of that goes down to the kind of marketing team at Celtic looking for certain things that they can, you know, they can use with their promotional mm-hmm. campaigns and they can use with merchandise, etc. And I remember back to Neil Lennon and it was the Thunder, remember? And then yeah. Ro- Ronnie Way's roar and, and Ange, this, you know, Ange now has, we never stop, we don't stop. Um and by the way, I think it's it's one of these things that um, when he spoke about it, when he had that mic'd up session all those months mm. ago, Liam, a lot of these people, I'm not talking about Celtic fans, by the way, but a lot of the, the press guys, etc., were were criticising him, saying, you know, that's just basic football, what he, what he was chatting. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, I think he's had the last yeah. laugh because, again, today, there were so many moments of that game where we're getting the, the stuff and knocked out of us, but we come back. Mm. We come back and yeah. we don't stop and we win the game. Um, and I think, you know, a massive part of that is the character of this football club. We spoke about a cultural change when Neil Lennon was uh, in his last days at Celtic. How impressed Aye. have you been with this culture that, that Big Ange has implemented at Celtic? Uh, it's it's everything that I, I hoped and I believed it could be and and more. It's it's absolutely amazing. The... Um, you know, I, I look back to, and obviously I'm looking through nostalgic lenses here, right? But my my first season as a season ticket holder at Celtic was the treble season, Martin O'Neill's first year. So I look back on that 
that set of players with a particular set of fond- with a particular fondness and a particular, you know, uh, affection. But I remember going to games then, and th- there was occasionally a time where we might have been drawing at half time or even losing at half time. But there was always just this belief that it's all right. Martin's got it in hand. We're going to come back and win this game. And, you know, 99 times out of 100, we did. And I have not, I have not really, you know, Gordon Strachan achieved great things with Celtic. Took us to the last 16 of the Champions League for the first time. Neil Lennon did it again. Ronnie Dyla brought in some good new ideas at Celtic, even though it didn't quite work as much as we wanted it to. Um, And now, but with Ange, this is the first time since the Martin O'Neill era, where I've sat down games like today, and even when we go 2-1 down after 50 minutes, I'm like, nah, we're going to win this. There's no mm-hmm. there's no doubt in my mind we are going to come back and win this, and we did. You know? <laughs> it's, a, it's a really nice feeling to get back to that, that level of confidence again. No, you're right. I, I know exactly what you mean, because I mm. think um, it was down to the mentality of Martin O'Neill's team, but also the personnel, because all you had to do was look around that team and think to yourself, there's guys in that side um, who are game changers. And you had your talisman, of course, uh, and, and Henrik, but there was many other players on that part that could really turn the game round for you. And yeah. we've got that we've got that blend right now, Liam. We, we do. We've got, I mean, the winning goal scored by our, our left back. You know, <laughs> the, yeah. goal, the goals are, are not just coming from... And this is another interesting thing. When you look at the, the brilliant goal-scoring record of Yakamakis, that's all fair and well, but nobody hit 20 goals uh, last season for Celtic, 20 league goals for Celtic. Um, you know, we've, we've had occasions in the past where players have hit 30, 40, 50 goals for Celtic. And mm-hmm. often you do have that, that focal point. The, the goals are spread all over the park. So even if somebody's having a, a half night like Kyogo the other night, you still expect to score. It's so uh, important. I think it was you that said that, though. He doesn't look for talismanic figures, does he? He, he looks for no. every single position. Um, a specific player to fit that role um, I, and that, that's I, exactly what we're getting now isn't it yeah you know in, in previous years we have got good players and built teams around those good players like Henrik Larson right now mm-hmm. Henrik Larson was well I, I I wasn't you know I'm not old enough to have seen Jinky play live so Henrik Larson is the greatest player I've ever seen play for Celtic right um, but you know we had that luxury to be able to build a team around him and yeah. he elevated, you know, some other players who were very good but were not on the same level as him into being part of a great team. But with with Ange, that's the great thing as well. You, Everybody's kind of... Back in the day, everybody had Larson's name in the back of their shirt, right? Now, you look around, Jota, Hatate, Kyogo, Haksabanovic, there's... There's about eight or nine different players. Everyone's got like, oh, that's my favourite player. I mean, personally, Joe Hart's probably my favourite player at the moment. You know, and that's that's incredible to to think that I <laughs> I'd have England's second all time cap goalkeeper as my favourite player. It's really it's really saying something, you know. <laughs> you need to start buying the goalie jerseys, Liam. That's something that we don't do that often. Buy the goalie. I, I do actually have a couple of Celtic goalie jerseys. I um, but I. I I'm not getting an England one, so let's not go there. <laughs> my, my dad would disown me. <laughs> there, there is there is a moment actually that uh, obviously Joe Hart saved the penalty in that second half, um, yep. but we'll get to that because it was a part of that that whole passage of play that I found quite mm-hmm. interesting with, with Big Joe. 
but um, we then uh, we go we go uh, three two up, and this is the moment I think when Aaron Moy shot. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Plays a massive part in the goal. And at that stage, I'm just basically saying, all is forgiven, Aaron. We're back ahead. Right. Your miss is forgotten about. And it's 3-2. Um, but I want to make another point about Maeda because mm-hmm. he was looking a wee bit short of confidence, wasn't he? Um, he scores that goal, and the first thing he does, what used to happen against Rangers in, in the Broom One stand, you just jump into the crowd. Aye. I loved it. It was fantastic, <laughs> and he was embraced. Uh, and you know, whatever he was feeling in terms of uh, something, you know, negativity or he wasn't confident, it's all mm-hmm. washed away now. So it was tremendous to see the reaction he got. Aye. Uh, that you, you just love to see that. I, I've seen that in the past with so many players who... I mean, big John Hartson was like that. I think he... Did he not go something like eight or nine games before he scored his first goal for Celtic? I yes, I certainly did, yeah. Aye. Um, you know, and... Well, if uh, if Dyson goes on to have half the career that big Hartson did at Celtic, he'll be doing well. <laughs> um, Absolutely. But, I mean... Yeah. Again, these things—it's—it's it's energy, it's the positivity, it's the fans. We're—we're we're all in this together. And if Maeda had any doubt, then I think that was washed away after he scored that goal and embraced um, with the punt, punters behind the behind the goal. Now, the penalty that got Hearts back in the game—you know—the mm. one thing I was going to mention was Hearts' part in that that initial penalty, whereby Aye. I don't know what he's saying to the player, but he's giving them the big grin. He's giving them the big, big Hollywood <laughs> grin standing there. Um, trying to psych him out and he psyched him out he saved the penalty we know that it was retaken right but he saved the penalty so again let's have a wee chat about Joe Hart because he's he's had a wee bit of stick rightly so a couple of bad games mm-hmm. but that's why he's in there that's why Joe Hart's in in, in uh, the number one position and by the way maybe maybe Seagrest will get the League Cup games I'm happy with that, yeah, that that's that's perfectly reasonable big, big teams do that you have your cup goalkeeper you know um but something about the penalty which i wanted to pick up on um which i thought was demonstrated joe hart's great leadership qualities um moritz jens gives away the penalty right and he's already on a yellow card now i you know i said to my dad i said he he could be off here because i thought the foul for the penalty was probably a more of a bookable offence than the one he actually got carded for in the first half, which I felt was a very soft booking. Um, But Jens is remonstrating with the referee, and Joe Hart just steps between them. He's like, leave it. Mm -hmm. Go away. Back off. And I thought, that is brilliant leadership. Because he knows if Jens doesn't shut his trap, he's going to get red carded. So he's like, just back off. I'll deal with it. Shut up. You know, I thought that was that was excellent leadership. No, it's a good point, Liam, because you know, think think back to uh, Dens Park last season, and he done Aye. something similar with Juranovic, who was losing the plot, and Aye. he basically shoved them into the net. 
and he got him away from the he got him away from the the area where he might have got himself into a bit of trouble. No, that's a great point. I've got to say though, I mean, yeah, I did think Yates was unlucky with with his um, with his booking. We've seen a lot of really silky performances from him, where it's all to do with his use of the ball, the passing ability, distribution, etc. Today was a different game, um, where he had to do the dirty work, and, and you know what? I think he did. He did just fine doing the dirty work, getting stuck in, you know, the tackles, yeah. the headers. Um, so I think we've seen a different side to Gents, and I, I'm going to maintain that when Starfelt comes back with him, he's got a job mm-hmm. to uh, move Gents from that left-sided central defence. So he's been quite happy with the. The performances of him and Carter Vickers together as a partnership. I mean, that's the thing. Up until a couple of weeks ago, I would have said it's it's Starfield and Carter Vickers because that's the strongest partnership. But I acknowledge there was a debate to be had over individually who was a better player, Starfield or or the ends. It's obviously a fully fit team. It's always going to be Carter Vickers plus one. That's just that's you yeah. know that, that he he's undroppable. Um, and he is also an acting captain now, we should remember. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I think that Jens, with every game that goes past, it becomes more difficult for Starfield to get back into that team because Jens is starting to show that he can forge as good, if not better, a partnership with, with Carter Vickers. Um, yeah, and I think... Ca- Carter, Vickers makes, uh, Carter Vickers makes whoever's playing with him better. Oh, yeah. That, that, that's the reality that. of it, you know? I'd agree with that. Yeah. I think that there was an example, we're not comparing uh, like for like in terms of the player, but the scenario um, with Van Dijk uh, and the players mm-hmm. he played alongside and Denier. And by the way, I like Denier, but I think he certainly looked better alongside Big Virgil. Um, and then the thing that's working in Yancey's favour, of course, is that's his natural position. And I always yes. feel Staffelt has got that against him. He's not naturally left-footed. Sometimes takes an extra touch because of it. Um, so yeah, that would be an interesting one. Um, we've spoken about the winning goal. We spent 15 minutes half time talking about the two VAR decisions that they got wrong. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about refereeing decisions that they got wrong, VAR decisions they got wrong. Celtic showed enough character to come through all of that kind of um, adversity, and they won the game 4-3, and we're sitting pretty on top of the league, Liam. I've got to yeah. thank everybody for getting involved. I've got to thank Liam for uh, dialing in from Japan. It's always a real pleasure. Uh, we do the the, um, the match day games with Celtic Down Under. If you haven't already, you know, subscribe to them on YouTube, follow them on Twitter and Facebook. Get in about their channel as well. It's uh, all great stuff. Uh, you go out once a week on Celtic Down Under as well, Liam, don't you? Yeah, um, usually on a Wednesday, but I think this week alone we're going to be doing things on a Tuesday. Uh, just just this yeah. week. Um, but ordinarily it would be a Wednesday afternoon. Uh, Scottish time when we would go up. I mean, check the guys out um, tuning in from or zooming in or dialing in from Australia <laughs> and Japan to make up the team. Um, if you want to support the channel, like this video, give us a thumbs up, subscribe to us on YouTube and if you want to buy some merchandise for Christmas then um, visit the link underneath the video. Normally I've got it on a mannequin but I'm streaming from Dunfermline due to the fact that they won't let us out of five two weeks running. Um, and that's road traffic issues, by the way, nothing to do with tags, etc. Right, thank you everybody for getting involved, and thank you, Liam Carrigan, for joining me on a Celtic statement.
Hey, what's up, guys? This is MMA fighter Clay Guida, and I'm not afraid of anyone or anything. But losing my hair was an entirely different kind of fight. So if you're suffering from hair loss like I was, then you got to check out my boys at Bosley. Pound for pound, they are the champions of hair restoration. That's why I turned to Bosley to get my hair back. The entire Bosley team was so professional and kind from start to finish. All it took was a simple one-day procedure, and I was on my way back to rocking my full hair again. So take it from me. Don't wait if you are thinning or receding. I'm so thrilled with my results, I just wish I would have went to Bosley sooner. It's time to finally knock out hair loss because the best is yet to come. Check out Bosley today. When MMA fighter Clay Guida was losing his hair, he trusted Bosley to get it back. Now it's your turn. Get a free information kit, plus get a $250 off gift card when you text SCORE to 203203. That's text SCORE to 203203. Don't wait. Text SCORE to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.